Welcome back to the show. What's the show, you ask? It's the I'm Just Awesome podcast. It's me, your host, Cello. It is a record day. It is a Sunday. Um, took last weekend off. My son's birthday, 19th birthday, was last Monday. So I did not record. I did, however, get some listens throughout. Um, thanks to everybody who's listening um, on either Anchor, Apple. Shouldn't say Anchor anymore, but it's such a habit. On Spotify for podcasters, Spotify, Apple, uh, Amazon, Odyssey, Google, Overcast, CastBox, PocketCast, Podvine. Really appreciate that. Um, I just looked over. I had some on the 21st a couple of days ago that, you know, somebody did a little bit of everything I do, some sports, some of my Italian-American heritage, some of my season one finale stuff. Um, you can hit me up at I'm underscore just underscore talking, T-A-W-K-I-N, on Instagram. Um had a pretty decent week. There are 1,907 total listens, which isn't, you know, phenomenal for being nearly three three years in. But the last, you know, six months, seven months plus has been pretty good. So I do appreciate that. Oh, we had a fantastic time down in Reno, up in Reno, west in Reno. Um, circus, circus. We had another amazing um, hall, albeit an expensive hall from Circus Circus. We, we play the, the uh, coin pusher games and we have one in particular that we like and uh, we did well very good uh, time for my son we ate at some of our favorite places and uh, you know just had a pretty good week um, so besides you know some life advice to say you know listen to your listen to your heart money does can't take money with you make memories and uh enjoy each other is really what we did uh sunday monday tuesday short week for me so nothing really crossed my mind to to give me a topic but what crossed news did there's several different topics the one i'm going to talk most about really is uh it looked uh, i want to say um, well, the article I'm looking at, so a house belonging to the cousin of the man long believed to have been the the shooter in Tupac's murder case from 27 years ago now, uh, his house was raided. I believe it was on, like, Saturday of last week. This article that I'm reading... Reading is from the 20th. Um, so, um, a little bit of backstory. Of course, Tupac was killed after a Mike Tyson fight in Vegas on the Strip. He was killed in a drive-by. Shug Knight was also in the car. He survived. And there's all kinds of, uh, you know, suspects and this, that, and the other. You know, he's still alive. I'm saying shit. Scrolling. So I saw this initially on, on TikTok, and I thought it was bullshit. Until like, you know, ABC and I think it was like ABC, CBS, all of them were, were, were reporting this. So um, the original suspect, and I said I was going to remember his name and I can't. Um, his last name is Anderson. I want to say it's Daryl. 
I have to type it in the papers, but um, Orlando Anderson, I'm sorry. Orlando Anderson um, was the original suspect and believed to be the trigger man. Uh, he he had a, a strange thing that I learned is that he had a settlement with Afeni Shakur for wrongful death. And um, I guess he won the suit somehow. I, I don't remember the entirety of it, but but he died some, you know, a couple of years after or a couple or um, at some point he died. Um, before they could bring charges against him. So that was, um, he was always the prime suspect, the suspected shooter. There was a fight. Apparently he stole one of somebody from Death Row Records, Death Row Chain at some point. He was in Vegas. He obviously ran in a circle that allowed him to be there, you know, um, he lived in Vegas or something like that. And he showed up at the Tyson fight. The guy that got the chain stole saw him. He's the one getting stomped out, apparently, in the video that surfaces about, you know, Tupac's last moment. They go to try to put a hit on him at, on Tupac at this club that he's not worked, that he's supposed to be at. He doesn't show up. So they're just, just rolling around the strip. And Tupac, apparently... Go is in his in this BMW and he comes out of the sunroof because these girls know that he's in the car or whatever. That's when they saw him. Red light, shots fired, he died. So what what happens next is and I didn't know this story until all this came out. Keefe D, who is the the uncle or the, I think he's the uncle of Orlando Anderson and is now in his sixties. In two thousand and nine, did like a tell all interview with the Vegas police and was led to believe he had immunity. Then he wrote a book and this, this led to them. They don't actually name him. Um, some of the, Oh, they do name him. They name him in this article, but it's believed that this is his house or his wife's house. And they took items from his house in Vegas because basically the belief is that because he's bragging and boasting that he was in the car, he's the one that handed the gun to Orlando. He was supposed to shoot him, but he was on the wrong side of the car, um, all believing he's going to get away with it, right? So they took a Pokeball US drive, USB drive, a phone, four tablets, four laptops, 11 40 caliber cartridges, a copy of the book Compton Street Legends, a copy of Vibe magazine about Tupac. Oh, it says Shakur here. Purported marijuana and uh, two black tubs containing photographs. Um, it says on July 17th, my son's birthday, police made entry into the home. At this time, police have not released the identity of any suspects. Um, they have the location of the house and talked with neighbors off I-11 and Wagon Wheel Drive. Looks like a regular neighborhood. You know, it looks like a house like I live in, track home kind of shit. So, it is believed that he is going to be brought up, Keith E.D. His real name is Keith du Duane Keith Davis. He's going to be the one that gets the accessory to murder charge. 
because he basically admits being there and he's told many, many people. He was on that. What's that guy's name? Vlad. He was interviewed by Vlad. Um, and, and some of this happened in 2009. The book came out at some point um, more recently. And I, I just find it interesting. Um, there is also... Keefe D, I believe, also said that it was Puffy that put the hit on Tupac and had Tupac not driven by that car after he didn't show up to this after the the Tyson fight performance he was supposed to do at this club they wouldn't have they just wouldn't have you know they wouldn't have seen him it would have been like we you know fuck it we can't get him and there would have been nothing happened but they seen him and you know it happened so that begs the question is if this guy is believed to be credible in everything and you know, he's just not talking out of his ass, and they're able to pin, like, his story as real, is he going to get um, um, arrested, and then is Puffy going to get arrested in, in addition? So, very, very interesting. There has not been many developments since that. Have not I definitely have not seen it on, on TikTok. So, very, very interesting. I'm anxiously awaiting. It's one of the tragedies of music. In general, one of the tragedies of hip-hop music, along with Biggie's murder, which a lot of people believe was retaliation for Tupac's murder. Um, I was listening to some Tupac last night and thought about this, too. Like, it just sucks. It just sucks that this happened. It sucks that um, that Tupac knew somehow. He, he always knew. He knew he was going to die or he knew he was going to die young. Um, and also very, you know, the timing just seems very um, prophetic, maybe. Is that the right word? It just seems very, very unique timing. and Coincidental that Pac gets his walk star on the Walk of Fame. And now, you know, we're trying to, maybe we have some closure in this case. Unfortunately, I believe Afeni Shakur died you know, not too long ago. Um, so it would be nice if she was alive, if this all comes comes to fruition. Um, let's see. Um, you know, the case solved. It is believed to be, yeah, she died in 2016. It is believed to be the, uh, one of the biggest, um, cold cases in American history, much less, you know, music history, much less American history. And I and I was a big Tupac fan. I'd love this. I'd love to see it come to an end. Even if, even if Puffy, I'd be very disappointed if, if, if Puffy really had anything to do with it. Allegedly, um, that would just shock the whole world. Um, you know, I don't think that's the case. But, you know, this man is sixty three years sixty three years old, and he may. He may be going down. And if what he told everybody it's the truth, then maybe he should. Um, a little bit interesting, though, that you haven't heard anything really from, what are they called, the Metro Police over there? So um, I guess we'll just kind of wait and see, but I just thought that was an interesting development in uh, the world of uh, music, um, in particular hip-hop. Um, 
and uh, cold cases if you're into that sort of thing. So, um, one thing I wanted to talk about a little bit, and it's not going to be interesting to anybody else unless you're a football fan. So, if you got through those 12 minutes about, you know, Tupac and the development there and the, you know, the warrant that was served and the things that were taken from PPD, uh, Orlando Anderson's cousin or uncle. Um, but even still, that was like, he was like in his 30s when all this happened. Like, what are you doing hits on people for? But that's a discussion for another day, I guess. Anyway, um, quick blurb about pro football. I'm a New York Giant fan. Unfortunately, the New York Giants and Saquon Barkley did not come to an agreement on a long-term contract. So he either sits out the year, plays out, plays on the $10.1 million um, franchise tag, or sits out and then tries to get a free agent deal next year unless he's tagged again. So lots of lots of numbers thrown out there. He was offered $14 million a year, turned it down. He was offered $19 million guaranteed. He turned it down. He was offered $22 million, which would be just about what he would get if he was franchised both years, um, and he did, and he turned it down. I don't know where those negotiations stand. I don't pretend to know. Um, I happen to really like Saquon. I literally jumped up and down when he was drafted. I feel like my mic is down a little bit. When he was drafted uh, five years ago, um, was devastated when he got hurt two and a half years ago, whatever it was. Um, and I think he's very, very important to what we do on offense. Uh, I had a dream to be an NFL running back. So what, I, what I've thought about this is, and I go back and forth with it, like, does he just take the $10.1 million and then go somewhere else? Just listen, $10 million is a lot of money. Um, it's not enough for what these guys go through. It's not enough for a guy that came back from injury, had a very good year. Um, he's almost, not even almost, he's, he's pretty much the, the modern-day running back. He can catch the ball. He runs the ball. He has breakaway speed. He's, got, he's in good shape, great shape, and uh, he sacrificed for the team. Watch this quarterback who is not nearly as good of a player as him get something crazy like 60 or $80 million guaranteed. Um, and does he have to come up as a uh, – does he have to do kind of what he has to do? Oh, oh I, had three, I had three screens open. I thought I closed the screen um, that I'm recording off of anyway. So I got about 15 minutes left, so I got to make this quick. But um, are him and um, Josh Jacobs, leading rusher in the league, are these guys just being selfish? Are they, you know, are they running the risk? It's just disappointing because football players have a very, very short shelf life. Running backs do too. You know, we you got to give them the money, man. You, I mean, I don't know. I think I think it's just par for the course for the Giants. I remember, you know waiting with bated breath when um, Victor Cruz was trying to get his money. And he wound up getting a decent deal. I think he got something like $40 million guaranteed. But, you know, it just goes to show you when a group of owners or a group of or an industry decides what your worth is, 
and you think your worth is different, you're going to have to take some strict, some different measures and, you know, bet on yourself a little bit. And in football, that's very hard. So I wish they would have paid him. Um, if it was me, I probably would have given him something like 25, 30 million a year, 30 million guaranteed, you know, maybe front load that contract so that at the end, you know, it's, you know, maybe you get three years out of him. Um, you know, maybe you make it a three-year, $45 million deal, um, you know, whatever the signing bonus would be, but, you know, guaranteed money up front. Um, and that way, the guy, you know, he's a good guy. He's a good character guy, good locker room guy. I don't know what the cheapness is about, but the NFL is obviously devalued. Um, running backs and pretty, pretty disappointing. Um, I hope he comes back. They just signed James Robinson, who could be, you know, a really good fill-in guy. Uh, Matt Breida, who actually liked the post of mine on Facebook, which is, I mean, on Instagram, which is fantastic. Uh, Matt Breida, I don't think you listen, but if you happen to, awesome shout-out. I think he's a good back, and I I think they could have rolled with him. Um, but, you know, I don't think he's being selfish is the point of all this. I think he should play at this point on this tag. If he can work out where they give him $14, 15000000 million this year, uh, you know, I, I would play. I think that's the only option they have is to give him. They can work out a one-year deal. They're just not allowed to work out a long-term deal anymore until the end of the season. I don't think he's going to be on the Giants after next year. If he does, maybe I'll go ahead and buy his jersey, but I'm not going to buy a Daniel Jones jersey for that matter. So at this point uh, – Hopefully Saquon comes back. I'm looking forward to the season. And, um, you know, hopefully he gets the bag and he gets the buckets and he gets paid. Um, yet again, there is a... Uh, a political... Two political stories out there. And rather than try to go off on this tirade or get on a soapbox um, and explain my political position on them. Um, it should be evident in how I'm going to do this. So the first one, I'm going to do one thing I learned and one thing and what my takeaway is. And the second one, well, they equally bother me. So the first one is the Jason Aldean song, Try That in a Small Town. And what I learned was, and I didn't know this was a thing, was what a sundown town is. And of course, because I'm a dude, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an idiot, I forgot to pull it up. But... Um, I knew how to spell. Sundown town... Comes up as sundown towns in California. Let's look at that. That's just interesting. Uh, this is crazy. So the Sacramento Observer, which I don't know what their affiliation is, but the California towns were black-speared sundown. So. 
But this is not really getting me anywhere. Let me. That's not what I meant to uh, look up. I just wanted to know the definition. Anyway, I tried to be prepared, and I'm not. Um, Sundown Town, also known as Sunset Towns, Great Towns, or Sundowns, are all-white municipalities or neighborhoods in the United States that practice a form of racial segregation by excluding non-whites via some combination of discriminatory laws, intimidation, or violence. The term came to use this entire Sundown County's... Um, Historically, towns have been confirmed as sundown towns by newspaper articles. Um, so I have heard it referenced as a place where, obviously, it's a predominantly white neighborhood, and you know you don't want to be there after dark, kind of a thing. Um, so the innuendo is what it, is the only word I could really think of, or the read between the lines is this whole song is about, you know, protesting and violence and um, geared towards a lot of the things that happened in 20, in the summer of 2020 with the, you know, the Black Lives Matter rallies, the rioting and the looting. And essentially, I'm afraid to even look it up because I don't want to, this is part of the reason why I'm a little worried about talking about it because I don't know if I want to give it as much uh, talk about it. I don't even know what it's called. Why that in a small town? It comes up as the freaking... I don't really want to listen to the song. I want to look, I just want to read the lyrics. Um, wow, a lot of, a lot of stuff comes up here. Um... So, I am not doing this any justice. But the lyrics... Sucker punch somebody on a sidewalk, carjack an old lady at a red light, pull a gun on the owner of a liquor store, you think it's cool, well, act like a fool if you like, cuss out a cop, spit in his face, stomp on the flag, light it up, yeah, you think you're tough. Um, so, what a lot of people are saying, and frankly, I believe this as well, is that this is becoming kind of a thing for him. He said he put out another song that was, but I don't even know what the name of that one was, but he's basically recapping all of the things that happened during that summer, you know, during that, you know, racial, um, unrest here in the country and 
they're he's basically saying try that in a small town see how far you make it down the road around here we take care of our own you cross the line it keeps jumping on me and it won't take long for you to find out i recommend you don't try that in a small town try that in a small town mm -hmm. um this is one line that's raising a lot of eyebrows full of good old boys raised up right if you're looking for a fight try that in a small town so there's just a lot of stuff that's written in here and that's saying in here that gives a lot of people and i and i think i believe it too it that he's not he's not mincing words he's not He's not pulling any punches. He's saying exactly what he wants to say. You know, come to our town and, you know, we're going to do, you're not going to make it out alive, basically. And it, it seems that he points to a lot of, you know, Black Lives Matter, Black, Black Lives Matter movements. And so, so what did I learn from this? What I learned from this is that there is still tension. There's still unrest. There's still uneasiness and there's still some people that want to believe that those things are okay treating people different is okay that you know someone's got to stand up for like white america or something now this is going to lead me into the next thing and i don't know that i did that as much justice as i wanted to but I'm just basically saying I didn't know what a sundowner. I didn't know that there was a name to you know when I when I first moved to California. There's a place out here called Rialinda, that predominantly white town, and you know, not a lot of other people, you know, whether it be black or brown, um, lived in that town, and if they if they were seen in that town, we were fearful for them. Um, I happened to move there. My, my brother's first wife happened to have a house there and, you know, very rural, very white town. Um, before I miss the opportunity, I want to talk about the next one because the next one I think is fucking utterly ridiculous. This one is very, you know, you know Jason Aldean, he's influential, it's disappointing. I don't listen to country music and I would have never known the difference because unless because it made headlines, I wouldn't have known the difference. Because I wouldn't have listened to it in the first fucking place. And if I listen to it, I, it kind of it makes me uncomfortable. Because, because it's obvious. It's obvious what he's talking about. Even though he tried not to be. And he tried to put out a statement and it was all bullshit. But the next thing, and I only got three minutes. So I, I'm going to have to speed through this or do a, a small second segment. The, the, I don't know if it's the Florida Department of Education, but... They have decided that if you're going to teach, because there's a big push to teach American history and put the actual history of slavery in there. And to, you know, we know that there were slaves coming up. You know, we, they talk about it, but they don't tell you the harsh reality of slavery where, you know, food scraps and beatings and, you know, disgusting things like, rape and bucking and you know all of the atrocities that come along with slavery we talk about it and i think they have to talk about it because they think this 
picture of, you know, educators paint this picture of, you know, Abraham Lincoln being, you know, freeing the slaves and it was a great moment for our country. You know, then, you know, as we were coming up in the 80s, we were on the, you know, right on the, the front end almost of um, civil rights movements and stuff. So there's going to wind up being a second part to this. And, and I hope that they're interested in this part because it's going to be at the end. But so they proposed legislation that there is going to be a positive spin on slavery to say that slavery benefit um, benefited slaves because they learned a they learned marketable skills they learned how to read and write and they became quote unquote civilized through the through the processes and in the years of slavery which ultimately made them prosper in America um, I think this is bullshit and if you want to listen to why I think this is bullshit and my problem and the other reason why I think this is ridiculous Stay with me. Come right back. Okay, welcome back. Very short uh, segment, I hope. Um, otherwise, it's going to be one of my longer podcasts. I don't know that I could talk and leave you, keep you interested for more than 30 minutes. But, I, but here we go. So Florida passes... Um, a law that when teaching, like, I, I don't remember if it was African-American history or if it was black history or just in the portion of American history where slavery is taught, um, teachers on the curriculum must teach that slaves benefited from slavery. And um, that is completely ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Do... Um, Do people, out of tragedy, in order to get themselves out of tragedy, and again, I've had a very blessed life. I haven't had a tragedy like this. I'm, I'm going off of what I think conventional knowledge would be like. Do people find a way to dig themselves out, you know, where if they, you know, if they find themselves outside of a terrible situation, do they find positives to move on? And, and and to not succumb to the to the mental anguish, maybe, probably, but to, but for Florida to to flip the script and try to leave that same sort of sugar coating that we all grew up with that you find out is all garbage and bullshit, um, to me is is very very disturbing. Um, there was a um, a TikTok that I that I, and I don't want to. I guess I could play it here, but it's very long. Um, where this was tried like in 1850, and I and I forget exactly why, but kind of sort of the same thing. Oh, slavery was good. Slavery, you know, gave slaves skills and it gave them education and whatever. So at some point. The white man, the powers that be, um, determined that slaves, or Africans, lack you know, there's no sugar coating it there, were not civilized. They were quote unquote savages, you know, all of this ridiculousness, right? Um, and by bringing them to America and making them slaves, we gave them skills. I don't even like to say we, 
because I, I I'll tell anybody and listen, I am not the white man you speak of. Um, albeit a quote unquote Italian kind of started this shit um, in, in Columbus, but um, and you know civilized them and gave them an education, and that's not even true. Like they were held down so that they wouldn't become educated, so they wouldn't know better, so that they thought they were having a good life, you know? Um, And there's a lot being made right now of indoctrinating children. You know, oh, you're going to make them gay. You're going to make them dress like women. You're going to indoctrinate them, this, that, and the other. This is, to me, is another form of that. You're going to make kids, however they come up, and whether they're black or whether they're white, Hispanic, Asian, whatever, you're going to make them believe that slavery was a good time. You're going to make them believe that the slaves came over here and, you know, sat at the dinner table with their owner. And And just the fact that one man owned another man is just unfathomable today. And it shouldn't be. It's 2023, for Christ's sake. Like, wh- why? You know, there has been the movement, you know, you call it the woke movement or whatever, you know, that we have to tell the truth for what it is. We have to tell the history for what it is, the good, the bad, the ugly. And they're trying to flip it backwards to say, oh, no, it was good. Slavery was a good thing. No, the fuck it wasn't. <laughs> like, who thinks that? And what bothers me the most is that well, that, no, that's wrong. What also bothers me, and I made another podcast about this, and I might have even said some shit on, on TikTok. Ron DeSantis is from an immigrant family. He's from an Italian immigrant family, and I can fucking, and I'm going to do this, and I'm just waiting for October to come. I swear to God. And his family couldn't have gone through anything that he could deem positive. Any kind of discrimination, because it's not racism, even though I could talk about that too. Any kind of discrimination or bigotry towards Italians, um, they couldn't have. They couldn't have had any experience that they would consider. Because his family, his great I think it was his grandma and his grandpa, they came over like in one of the first two waves, if I'm understanding correctly. And you know, do you as an individual have a tragedy in life and go, you know, this made me kind of who I am and I turned out okay? Maybe. But as an entire racial group that suffered that generational trauma and that general generational pass down of all of the things, I don't see it. I don't I don't see why a guy whose family undoubtedly met some opposition coming to this to this town to this country would stand by it. And I then again on TikTok, I know it makes me sound like a you know great journalist. He says, Well, I don't know, I didn't write the curriculum. You'd have to ask them. Just on the crux of the way that it sounds to where We are going to, you have to teach them that slaves benefited from slavery because of X, Y, and Z. What part of that does a rational American who knows what it 
slavery is like. What, what part of a rational politician who is supposed to be for the people, by the people kind of a thing, lean that way? Why do you lean one way? That's my thing with like, even the, even the Jason Aldean songs, like you lean one way to suppress or to strike fear or to change the narrative. How can you change the narrative that was? Like, for example, like, I never even thought about Jesus being beaten to nearly to death until I saw Passion of the Christ. Granted, that is Hollywood, but then you start thinking, no, that's probably pretty accurate. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the Civil War wasn't so happy, you know, the, the time around that war, you know, from those, those years, it couldn't have been that freaking awesome if we we had a war over the Civil War. You know, is there a, I don't know, air quotes positive on this in terms of black people built the country? Without them, there was no farming. Without them, there's not, you know, fields tended and, you know, families raised. In, in all of this, you know, that if you're gonna, if we're gonna talk about the credit and you know the things, because remember, you take it back prior to Egyptians taught Romans. Why was Africa so uncivilized? Why were they not educated? Of course, they couldn't fucking speak the same language as you idiots. Like, come on now, like. I'll never understand. I'll never understand. Never in a million years. And I'm not even talking about right-wing and left-wing politics. I'm just talking about what is, is. And who, what group of people sat around going, you know, slavery was, was good. There was some good, there was some good things that came out of slavery. Uh, I guess. Not really. You know there's no black people in that, in that. You know there isn't. I, I, I don't know. I don't know that I could be an educator and sit through that talk and put my stamp of approval on it. It just, you know, you could be a Republican, you could be an independent, you can be a Democrat. And that doesn't preclude you from being a, a good person. Right, but if you're on one side of the aisle and you're excluding another side and you're excluding a group of people and you're marginalizing a community and then you're telling people oh this bad thing happened to you and this bad thing happened to your people or your grandma or your great grandma but she learned but she learned how to sew like that's not a cons that's that's not a prize. That's that's not that's that's definitely not a prize. It's definitely not. Definitely fucking not. And the fact that this fucking guy, DeSantis, who's running for fucking president, like I really haven't paid much attention to politics. Um in terms of like politicians themselves like I voted in the first fucking when Bush when Gore lost to Bush and that was a fucking disaster 
And then Obama inspired me. And then Trump pisses me off. And then this guy's going to run for fucking president? Could you imagine? California would be fucking upside down trying to teach this shit. You know, for for all the taxes and the freaking bullshit cost of living that is here, kind of glad we I live here. And my kids are out of school, so I can't say, but like, is anybody that's living out here that knows me, like your kids getting taught, you know, what about drag queens? No, they're probably not. But again, it's reality in life, like, you know, there's no reality in the fact that slaves benefited from slavery. Zero. Zero, zero, zero. And the fact that DeSantis is attached to it just drives me absolutely morbid. I think it was him that just sent a bunch of uh, another bus load or planes load of um, migrants here. Like, ridiculous. Okay, guys, I really hope that in listening to me talk, listening to me rant, listening to me babble, that you're understanding that I'm not, I'm about people. I'm about treating people right. And I'm about respecting other cultures and learning other cultures and eating other foods and learning about religions and understanding that while our history is very imperfect and at times very nasty and um, violent. It is our history. And we, won't, we, we shouldn't sugarcoat. We shouldn't separate. We shouldn't um, suppress what reality is. Does a sixth grader need to know the, the gory nastiness? No. But as you get up and you get into a level of life and you and you start learning it, we don't need to make it something it's not either. So we should love each other, man. We really should. And it's what it is, man. Like a very, very pivotal year in the next year and a half. Not even year and a half, year and four months or whatever before the next election. And... Um, It's like we're going backwards. It's disappointing. Okay, y'all. Let uh, let me get out of here. It's been a fantastic week for me personally. I love y'all. Thank you for listening. Whether you agree, disagree, um, hate me. Hopefully you don't stop listening because, and again, the only thing I don't like about podcasting is I can't interact like I'd like to. Mostly because I'm not dedicating a lot of time to do it. But, um, you know, again, hit me up on Instagram. I'm underscore just underscore talking. I'd love to hear from you. If you're listening, um, your thumbs up. I hate you. You're an idiot. You're too woke. Um, you don't know nothing about sports or hip-hop. I don't, you know, or, hey, I love you and I like you. and You have a fantastic voice. That'd be great, too. Um, remember, you guys. Let, let's wrap this up real quick. Let's wrap this up real, real quick. If you're involved in a crime, and especially a high-profile crime, you're going to go down for it at some point. It's very rare anybody gets away with shit nowadays. 
if you're not getting what you think you're worth, you're going to have to decide at some point to bet on yourself or take or or take what or take what they're offering. It's a very very hard decision. I don't know how I would do it if I was Saquon. If you come from Well, let's look at it this way. Pay attention to the lyrics of songs. There's some songs out there I had no idea had anything to do with anything other than it was a nice tune. And, you know, there's no, you know, you got to listen to the lyrics. And I should have mentioned this in that segment. I don't know any rap song that says, you know, I'm try that in the hood. <laughs> to like, with innuendo about like, you know, white people come into the hood. We know. Just for the record, the hood is a lot more blended than people think. So just think about that. Think about what those lyrics say. Think about what that artist and is it really aligned with who you are. Not just a catchy tune. Um, and look at American history for what it was. Again, it was violent. It was nasty. It was racist. You know. You know, maybe we still are the greatest. You could be great and have flaws. It, it, it can happen. So. Be good to each other, man. Really. I end every episode like this. And I know it's going to sound somewhat contradictory because I don't lean towards a conservative viewpoint. But respect. Unity, equality, always love. See y'all next week.